And it looks like I'm live. Awesome. Let me move some stuff around. Cool. Great win for the Jazz. Super happy that we blew up the Chicago Bulls, uh, especially with how like we've been going back and forth. A couple wins, couple losses, win-loss, win-loss kind of stuff. So great to see. Happy to have a like solid win that the only time I had any sort of doubt because the Jazz were down were like in the first four minutes or, or whatever. Like the Jazz kind of got off to a slow start, but they fixed that pretty quick and they still won the first quarter. So, and the rest of the game, they, they kind of dominated and they had control the whole time. Uh, fun game to watch. Um, probably not so fun if you're a Bulls fan, but still like Zach Levine had a good game. He was fun to watch. Um, I kind of realized that I've been, I've not been giving Zach Levine as much respect as he probably deserves. And that's probably because he's been playing on a, his whole career he's been playing on bad teams. But yeah, that's rough for him. I, I, I kind of hope Zach Levine can get out of, out of Chicago and find a place where he can fit in and win. The conversation there though is, is he the kind of player who can fit in where he's not the number one scoring option, and I don't know if that's the case. We haven't really seen it since he's broken out and become a number one scoring option. But let's get back to the Jazz. Uh, Jazz had a great game all around. I'll run through the stats real quick. If you have any comments about the stats or plays in the game or things that I missed while I'm going over stats, let me know in the uh, live chat and any comments at all. Um, Honestly, this game wasn't terribly exciting because it was a blowout and it was a team that we expected to blow out. So um, if I run out of stuff here and you're into March Madness, we might, we might talk about that. I know we, we try to stick with the Jazz. Uh, so if you're interested, we can talk about March Madness because this year has been crazy. My bracket has been wrecked like 10 times already. And I'm only mad about it a little bit because it's it's cool to see some upsets that we've been seeing this year. But to jump into the stats, um, I don't know. The Jazz really beat the Bulls at every major category. Uh, a couple like minor ones, or, or there's a couple that are pretty close, um, like free throws, free throw percentage that the Jazz like it's pretty much the same. Rebounds are pretty much the same. Um, but some fun like Jazz shot well. Jazz had ten blocks. Rudy Gobert had nine of those ten blocks. And the Bulls only had three blocks. So, yeah. Um, so, Rudy Gobert had three times as many blocks as the Chicago Bulls had the entire game. So, good for him. We'll, we'll talk about his really, really close to a triple-double when we get over to the box score. Turnovers. This is one that I I don't know if it's just the games I cover or because I, I don't dig into the stats nearly as deeply if I don't do these. I might glance at them. I don't always look at them. I um, but I feel like almost every single game that I've covered with these live streams, the Jazz have had more turnovers than the other team. Now, granted, most of those games the Jazz won, but it's kind of fresh to see that the Jazz had less turnovers because uh, it was the Bulls. Like, the Bulls have some talented players, but they do really don't have a unit. And so when you don't really have a solid unit together, then you don't play good team defense. And so it's good to see that the Jazz can at least not turn the ball over 15, 20 times against a defense like the Bulls. So they only had nine turnovers to the Bulls, 14 turnovers. Um, interesting thing, though, 
which is something that we talked about that Nate and I talked about on Saturday, is if you look at the points off of turnovers. So the Jazz forced 14 turnovers from the Bulls, and they got six points off of that. So, like, off of 14 turnovers, that's 14 extra extra possessions. If two points, that's maximum of 28. If you count in threes, like, it's a lot more. But let's just say 28 possible points plus some if you get threes or and ones. They only get six out of those 28. That's not very good. But then look at the Bulls. They got 17 points off of turnovers off the Jazz 9 turnovers. So that's something that Nate and I were talking about, how the Jazz defensively, obviously, the past, uh, what, what has it been, like 12 games, where they've kind of been on and off, like not really hot. Their defense hasn't looked great, especially in transition. And so obviously they still were way better than the Bulls, beat them by 25 points but they gave them 17 points off of turnovers, and they only turned the ball over nine times. That means almost every single turnover, the Bulls turned it into a bucket on the other end. So that's that's a major concern. Obviously, like uh, maybe they were just uh, like hu- not hustling as much because they knew they were up by 20, but if that kind of stuff continues, that's going to be an issue if that's the kind of defense they're playing against teams like the Clippers or the Lakers or the 76ers or the, or the Nets coming up. So, something to look at, something interesting. I don't think it's the end of the world, but it is a sign. It's a stat that kind of proves um, that that is an issue for the Jazz right now. Um, Yeah, nothing else too exciting. Uh, I guess interesting. Um, But, like, with that, fast break points, they were pretty close. So, the weird thing is the Jazz couldn't convert off of turnovers, but when they got a defensive rebound, turned it around and started running them, they were good. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And the Bulls scored more in the paint, which makes sense. I don't think that's a... Uh, that's In a blowout, that's definitely not an issue, especially in a blowout where you hit 17... Three, <coughs> excuse me. Where you hit 17 three-pointers. But interesting stats. Um, I feel like... Like, box score is fun to look at, but I feel like really under digging deeper into the team stats really lets you know how like why the team won why a team lost what where the weaknesses are and even in just I don't you don't get a ton off the team stats like uh, I guess you could analyze it but just looking at that and trying to figure out why that happened it can tell you a lot about how the team played that game and and you can start seeing trends if you follow it for a few games I'll hop over to the box score uh, for those of you li- listening like if you have any thoughts I, I see some comments about the triple double uh, um, I'll get to that, but if you have any other thoughts about the game, any other, um, since this is kind of a game that we expected to win, I don't know how much will, like, how many questions or thoughts you had or in, any takes and you have about this game, but, uh, so just anything basketball related, you know, I think the trade deadline is this Wednesday at like 3 p.m. I think that's when the trade deadline is, so if you've heard rumors about that, we can talk about that if you want to talk about March Madness, like uh, just whatever. Like it's kind of mon- it's Monday, but it's going to be slow, so we can just kind of be chill about it. I guess we can always be chill about it. That's that's all we ever really do, right? Um, but yeah, the box score. I'll go over the Bulls real quick, and then the, I there's some fun stuff in the box score. I know I said the the box score wasn't like it's typically not my favorite because it doesn't. 
it's a lot harder to pull the story out from the box score than the team stats. Um, but I think there were, there were some fun ones this, this game that I'll get into. But Bulls, I'll just go over them real quick. Uh, kind of what you expect out of the Bulls. You have a few players in double digits, and Zach Levine does great. Um, no really, like, great performances. Um, and I'm, as far as plus-minus goes, everyone was in the negative except... Wendell Carter Jr. No, I'm no sorry. Wendell Carter Jr. was also in the negative. It was is it Daniel Gafford? Am I getting his first name right? Uh, but Gafford, he played nine minutes and was a plus one. So really, really close to a negative. He just played nine good. <laughs> like he he was in the game at good times to be just barely positive. Um, and he didn't really do much either. Three rebounds, five points. So I guess he did something. But let's look at the Jazz. Obviously, we want to talk about the triple-double. Rudy Gobert was a block away from a triple-double, which is insane. Like, if you get... Anytime you get five blocks... Like, five blocks is a pretty insane game. And then getting nine, and... I don't know, like... I wasn't... Like, I'm sure there's some almost blocks that is like... It's that close, that close to a triple-double. Uh, if I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Rudy Gobert has ever had a triple-double in his career. So this would have been the first. That would have been really cool. Um, but I don't know. He, I'm not complaining. Like, like It would be cool to get that block, but still, 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 blocks with 0 turnovers is an awesome game. Um, it really shows... like. Like, he can score if if the Jazz offense fits him in. The tough part is, and, and Nate and I talked about this on Saturday's episode as well, so if you haven't watched that, go and watch it. Uh, Gobert just can't create his own offense. But he is really good at being at the right spot at the right time to get easy buckets. And, and the, honestly, there were a couple times the Bulls don't have great big men to de- as defenders, but he... He did get in the post and kind of do his own thing, and I, I I think that's I like that I'm seeing him do that a little more, especially against teams like the Bulls, where he's kind of testing that end game and testing some post moves and just being a monster in the post, which on specific plays we've seen him do, and he's been I love those plays because he's a monster when he does that. Uh, it's just I don't know, like maybe he's not comfortable with it, maybe the Jazz just feel more comfortable with other people scoring, but. We did see some of that. Great for him. 20, 21 points is great. 10 rebounds, that's on par for him. I feel like I almost expect more. Like 10 rebounds is a bore, is a bad game for him, but I'll take 10 rebounds. And obviously the nine blocks are ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Like It shows how dominant he is, especially against a team like the Bulls, where if you're truly a dominant player, you get games like nine rebounds against teams that, don't have other dominant players and so it really shows that that Rudy Gobert and I'm sure like this even though they knew they they should win this game even if they didn't try that hard this was a statement game of sorts because they know they need to get back on track I'm sure everyone's heard Rudy Gobert's quote about like that they haven't proved anything they haven't won anything yet um they need to get that fire back and so I know that's that's in Rudy Gobert's head as he's playing Let's get to the other players. 
Mike Conley had a five fine game, 15 points, four assists. Donovan Mitchell did his thing, 30 points, six rebounds, six assists. I want to see that. If I can see something around that for Donovan Mitchell every game, I'm happy. I think that's kind of a sweet spot where um, it's a little, it's like slightly above average for him on points, uh, on not point, well, on points, yes, but on rebounds and assists. And I like to see him in the high 20s, 30s range. Obviously, there's going to be games where he goes off and he might have some off nights, but if I can see him like 27 to 32 every night, that's where I like him with five rebounds, five assists, uh, right around there is where I like to see Donovan Mitchell. So exactly what I wanted out of him. And another like awesome player is Joe Ingles. Um, Clarkson did his thing too. I'll, I'll give him a quick shout out. He had five rebounds, 16 points. Uh, but for Clarkson, that's nothing exciting. Like uh, That's pretty, uh, that's on par for him. Ingles and uh, Ingles didn't have like a crazy exciting night. It's not like he um, he went off, but at the beginning, I don't what did he hit like three or four threes in the first quarter? Like he went off there. Uh, he shot five for six from three, six for eight from the field, had seventeen points and seven rebounds, and so I liked seeing that from him, especially since we've been talking about Bojan has been in a slump, and showing that Ingles can come in and he. He does his part. He plays his role. That's awesome to see. That's going to be huge as the Jazz try to keep winning basketball games. And I'm really excited to see that and have him like play that role. Because to be honest, I don't know if I was very vocal about this, but I was kind of like at the big, like before the season and maybe like the first little bit of the season, the first, um, I don't know, four or five games, I was like kind of leaning in the camp of, Joe Ingles, like the Jazz are overpaying Joe Ingles. Like obviously, I, th- I think that's something we can agree with that his contract's a little on the higher end for what the value that he brings. And I was kind of thinking like maybe if the Jazz can find some valuable trade to make Joe Ingles work, get him off the team, get it, get some another three-point shooter in. I was kind of in that camp, uh, but and and obviously Joe Ingles like I, he hasn't had all the opportunities to do what he's always been doing, but he's had stretches where he's been great. This game, obviously, he was giving the Jazz exactly what they needed. So I'm glad we kept him around. I, th- I think he's a really valuable player, and, and I'm glad they didn't really look at that. Um, and th- there weren't any rumors, so I don't think they were ever even considering that realistically. Uh, the, this brings up another conversation. I keep referencing Saturday's episode. So really, if you haven't seen Saturday's episode, you need to go back and watch it. I think it was a good one. Um, it didn't really have a specific like point or goal to it. It was Nate and I just kind of talking about things. But I think we brought up some interesting points about some of the Jazz weaknesses um, and some question marks that they're going in with the second half of the season. So make sure to go check out that video. But one of those... and. Maybe I'll just cover everything in this video, but um, one of those things that we talked about was Bojan and how he hasn't been shooting great uh, and how we think the Jazz should handle that situation Uh, because there's kind of two camps there. There's we know he can be great. um, He just needs to get back into that rhythm. So we give him his starting minutes. We tell him to shoot when he's open and we just kind of 
like eventually it'll stick and and they'll start dropping and and the other camp is okay he's not playing well so let's play to win right now let's reduce his minutes and give the minutes to someone else who's performing and so in that case joe Ingles has been playing good recently obviously he played really good tonight and so uh, now that i have you guys here live i'm interesting what you think do you think we should keep starting Bojan, give him those starting minutes, tell him to shoot when he has the shot and hope that they start falling? Or are you more in the camp of, we need to win games right now, Bojan isn't doing it yet, maybe let's um, bench Bojan or maybe still start him, just limit his minutes to less than 30, like 25 minutes a game, and give those minutes to someone like Ingles who will, will hit those shots right now. Uh, so I'm interested to see what you guys think about that. Leave them in the comments. Um, I was kind of on the fence on Saturday, but I think right now I'm leaning more towards giving more minutes to Ingles. I don't know if I'd, I'd commit all the way and say Ingles should start um, because I do like him coming off the bench and what he adds to that bench unit. But I think we should give him closer to starting minutes, especially since he's playing this well. And And the... The downside from that is like like the drawback is Bo Young might say, Oh, like I'm just not playing good and he might keep that negative mindset, uh, and that might hurt him mentally. I don't know Bo Young, I've never talked to him personally, obviously, but um uh, I think he uh he's professional enough that I don't think that would hurt him too bad. And I think it might it could potentially help them. Obviously, it's tough to get in someone's mind that you only watch them play on TV. You don't really know them that well, except for just like a, a couple interviews, which he's not even, um, he's not like the most exciting interviewer. But like, I think what might help him is seeing, okay, there's other people, like there's other players taking my role. Cool. The pressure's not on me. I just need to shoot when I'm open play in the role of the system and maybe taking some of that pressure off of him that he isn't the killer. He's not the guy who has to go hit the dagger to win the game at the buzzer. And he's not the guy who needs to go make uh, five three pointers and, and two other buckets in the game to kind of be useful that he can just come play his role. And that might even help him relax, get a shot back get a stroke back. And as he gets that, then give him his minutes. So that's the camp I'm in. Let me know if I'm wrong. Let me know what you think. Um, but with that being said, like, great game. One other, before I, I jump over and, and try to catch up in the live chat, something really interesting, and I might be reading too far into this, but I thought it was, it was kind of funny. So Nyang, uh, he played 15 minutes, which is kind of what you, you see from him. He had one rebound, three assists, one steal, but while he was on the floor, he was a plus 20. And and obviously, that's that's one game. We can't really d- read too much into that. But I feel like I've seen stuff like that from Yang in the past. And I can't decide whether it's that plus 20 with his, his box score showing almost nothing. Meaning that he's just that valuable on doing stuff that isn't counted on, on the stats. Like just being being in the corner so that it spreads the offense out a little more because he he is a corner three threat and him being a good like aggressive defender or if it's just the jazz bench unit and the players he plays with are good and they typically have a good 
plus minus and so he just kind of reaps that reward so that's another thing that we can talk about but uh, with that being said don't forget to like the video leave anything in the live chat that you want as i i'm going to hop in and, and try to catch up with everything and if you're a jazz fan know a jazz fan um have heard of a jazz fan i don't know have any sort of contact with a jazz fan if you're not one um if you are one subscribe to the channel if you know one let them know get them to su subscribe to the channel because in this channel we cover all things jazz so if you're a jazz fan and you like watching youtube videos you need to be subscribed to this channel um, but that being said, I'll hop into live chat. Um, so it, it started off like, Gobert was close to that triple-double, one block away. Rough, but still dominating game shows how awesome Gobert is. Ingles did great. Uh, Sawyer asks, um, what my bracket is. I may get more into this if, um, if this dies down soon, but... I'll just say my bracket's a little wrecked. Um, I had, like, because obviously every time you have a bracket, you just kind of say, what's something that's possible, but, like, just unlikely enough that it might actually happen? And so that's kind of my mindset going into it. I, I don't dig very deep into it, but I, I put Iowa as the champions, which obviously they lost today. Um, I had my final four was uh texas and iowa which both of them have lost and then i had baylor and i think i had illinois in the other one and illinois lost so it's like it's shot um my my elite eight i think i have i don't know two or three teams alive out of the eight so pretty brutal at the same time though it's been fun to watch these upsets and i'm really i was really hoping for Colgate to win and I really wanted Oral Roberts to win just kind of as a joke because then if they both won two games which Oral Roberts did their part then we could have like the toothpaste game and that would be awesome and we could have all the Colgate fans versus the Oral B fans but yeah uh, that, that's kind of how my bracket's going hopefully yours is going better if you made one um oh I, I must have missed that but Apparently, Gobert had uh, a block, but it went in. So, like, he made contact, but it went in. So, it didn't count as a block. So, close. No cigar. Um, let's see. So, um, I'm guessing th these comments are right around the time I was um, talking about how before the season, I was kind of in the camp of maybe the Jazz should look to trade Ingles. But it looks like you guys are... are super against that which honestly like when i was there when i was in that camp <laughs> i might have been the only person in that camp because i know joe ingles he's he's a great three-point shooter um he's relatively consistent like he he has ups and downs he's had some in the past and he's he's a huge fan favorite here like um him having him on the team there's probably more value there than what you see on the court all the time but I I agree. I'm kind. I'm not in that camp anymore. I think the Jazz should keep Joe Ingles until he retires. Obviously, when his contract's up, he's going to take a pay cut, um, unless he has some crazy year that takes off. But I I don't see that happening. But I think he fits into per Utah perfectly. So so I agree. Keep him. Um, 
he is one of the more consistent players that we can rely on. And then coming to the question of should it be Joe Ingles? Like, should Joe, like, what's the Joe Ingles versus Bojan situation? Um, Like, how do we want to distribute those minutes? Who should be starting? Um, How are we going to help Bojan get out of this slump? Um, So I'll kind of, I'll kind of go over those responses. If there's any interesting takes, I'll spend some more time on that. Uh, But Orbit X says, uh, Jingle should start. Bogey needs some motivation. I I think that's interesting. Um, it's, it's always that question of what will motivate this player? Will, will showing faith in him that even though he's in a slump, we're still giving you the minutes and and we still believe that you're that kind of player. Is that what's going to motivate him? Or is he the kind of player where when it's taken away, he realizes, okay, I need to do something. And then he's motivated. Um, honestly, like we've, we've been showing him, like we've been giving him the start. Well, I, I haven't. We haven't, but Quinn has. Uh, the um, Coach Snyder has. He's been giving him the minutes. Nothing's been happening. So I think, especially since the Jazz are kind of in a slump themselves, I, I kind of agree that might either bring more motivation or it might just be better for the Jazz this season while we give Bojan some time to, to get back to form after surgery. Um, Robert Hall agrees that, that Joe Ingles should start. Uh, Will Jensen says, I'd say giving Ingles closing minutes, but when we're blowing someone out, we can leave Bogey out for the third stringers. That'd be interesting because that way, I don't think they'll, I don't think um, Coach Snyder will do that. I don't think Quinn will do that uh, because, I don't know, maybe it's a pride thing that if you're you're a starter and also like if you're the coach, you don't want to be giving one of your starting players, especially one who has had injuries in the past, garbage minutes just because but that could be interesting when you when you're out there with a bunch of players who um don't get many shots and you're the obvious best player on the court that gives you time to um play some basketball against worse defenders because other teams third stringers will be out there and you can just like uh, the coach like coach could just have all the plays called for Bojan and just have him huck up a bunch of shots until he he starts until some start dropping and he gets that confidence. I don't think it'll be happen, but it'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see if, what would happen if it did. Um, Sawyer says, well, he should stay a starter. And if he is struggling, put in headband Joe. Um, that's kind of, I, I feel like that's pretty close to the camp I'm in. I like Joe Ingles coming off the bench. I think he does really good at that role that he can come off the bench and be an immediate impact. Um, and when Joe's hot, leave him out there. And, and I don't think, uh, Bojan will, uh, I feel like that's kind of a happy medium there, but like I said, it, it's tough to tell. Um, so it also says, or be a 50, 50 or 60, 40% of the time. So, so with that, would you say like, um, I don't know if starting minutes are pre- typically right around 30 minutes. And Ingles is typically getting like 15 to 20. So would you say like, I don't know, like split the difference. So like have them both, when, like combined they make about 50 minutes a game. So then have them both at 25 or something like that. It's just like kind of give Ingles a few more minutes. Um, so you, you also had Iowa going to the final four. That's okay. I, I, I had a like... Um, 
with going back to March Madness for a few seconds. I I kind of felt bad betting against Gonzaga because I wa- like I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I did watch some Gonzaga games, and Gonzaga looked really good, and I knew they were a really good team, but also their schedule wasn't very tough. They didn't play many top twenty-five teams, and so I was kind of betting that a team like Iowa could um could disrupt them or just playing playing so many good teams in a row obviously their first couple weren't that great um and their next one isn't uh, i don't know i've i'll have to check but like so i kind of bet against them even though i know they're a really good team i'm just saying like maybe they'd slip up especially in a single elimination but um if, if i were to like redo the bracket with everything going on right now i would probably have like baylor and gonzaga in the I, I know that's 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 a lame prediction because those are the two those are um yeah there's three first seeds left, so like definitely the two strongest teams, but I'd probably pick Baylor over Gonzaga there. I I'm I really like Baylor's team. That they're another team that I watched a few games, so maybe I'm just biased that those are two teams that I actually watched watched games of. Um But back to the jazz real quick. Uh <laughs> Rudy said I don't go for blocks unless I have nine it's probably a good move you probably shouldn't go out and try to get blocks more of a situational thing but if you're up by 20 and you have nine and you need that one more for triple double I, I would be a little extra aggressive to get those blocks Um. oh here's an interesting take so Isaiah Whiteside says if Mitchell wasn't on the jazz they'd be the sixth sixth seed um that that'd be an interesting like i don't know if they'd be that i would like because they're a really well-built team obviously gobert is like that cornerstone both offensively and defensively i would say um even though it, it doesn't always show up in the box score um but mitchell is a player who can take over games and when it comes down to crunch time we see him like he can be the one where it's he's the difference maker and winning or losing at the same time though with how good the jazz play as a team that might be the case so that'd be interesting to see i don't know what do you guys think about that i i like i personally believe if mitchell wasn't on the jazz they would still be a playoff team and like worst case scenario this year be a play-in team to the playoffs because we have that option this year um but yeah that'd be interesting that that would also like um because honestly that's not that big of a drop especially when you take your highest score off the team so if if that's the case and you guys kind of agree with that that'd be cool um that, and that would be cool if that was true because it showed well, one it shows that it, Donovan Mitchell's the kind of player who can take you from a six seed to a one seed. Obviously, they haven't locked in the one seed yet. Um, but it also shows that take the best scorer off your team, and they're still built in a way that they're not even like the lowest seed, and they're still in a spot to win a playoff series, potentially. Um, but yeah, l- let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, Will Jensen says, Did you ever get in contact with James Hansen? Um, no, I, we, I reached out to him a couple times, um, 
I don't know, like m- maybe he just didn't see the messages. Maybe he's not interested. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't interested because our channels, like we, we overlap a lot. We, we do a lot of very similar content and plus his channel is, is much larger than ours. Uh, so if, if like I'd be, I'm understand 100% if he's just like, uh, not really, really willing to do something, especially with, um, two guys that he's never met before. And, and maybe he's like seen our thumbnail on YouTube, but we're still pretty small. We reach a really small audience, so there's not really much in it for him. Um, and I, I'm sure he's busy with all the other stuff he has going on in his life. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'd like to reach out to him in the future, but I'll probably give it some time. I'll let our channel grow a little bit. Um, good game, Jazz from Bulls fan. Yeah, I think, like... So I'm I'm guessing you're saying you're a Bulls fan and it's a good game from the Jazz. Honestly, like the Bulls have had a, a rough time, but I I was ha- I was like I know I wanted the Jazz to win and it's nice to have that blowout win as a um from the Jazz point of view, but I like this game to give some the Bulls a little bit of credit. Obviously, they were way outmatched. Uh Zach Levine showed me that like he he's a solid player and I saw some flashes from a couple other players. So I'm really hoping that uh something can cuz the, the I mean the Bulls have some talent. I'm looking at their roster right now. That's why I'm like staring off to the side awkwardly. Um it's just like I feel like they're almost in the Knicks situation from a couple of years ago where they have some good young talent, but it's like doesn't quite mesh well, and like you don't know how it all fits together. So, I'm hoping they can uh, a couple of these pieces develop, and that they get another like they sign a couple f- pieces in free agency that kind of glue it all together. Because I, I feel um, they just don't really have that glue. They have the t- they have some good talent there, but yeah, that was kind of a ramble, but. I've I've been hoping some good stuff for the Bulls because they are kind of one of the more storied franchises of the NBA. Um, and then or, uh, Orbit X talks about the the how good the Jazz would be without Mitchell. Said Mitchell had been out. We we had beaten some good teams without Mitchell. That's true. Um, Yeah, and I think at the same time, like, it, it's tough to decide because it's not like he was out for a ton of games. He was out for a few. And on any given night, like, a team built like the Jazz, even without Mitchell, with how good they play as a team, they can beat any other team. But could they could they maintain that? And I feel like a lot of times for these middle-of-the-ground teams, like the Jazz last season... Excuse me. Uh, the Jazz last season, they almost like they fought hard and they played good against tough teams. But a lot of times it was those other middle of the ground teams or like, um, like lower in the lottery picks for the ending like nine ten seeds that the Jazz had some tough like they just let some games slip like that. Um, and sometimes when um your bet when you don't have a scorer like Mitchell and you have a bad game against a team that you should beat. 
then it's a lot tougher to win those games, especially over the course of a long season. So, uh, like, that would be the argument of why the Jazz wouldn't be nearly as good with Mitchell, especially record-wise. And obviously, like, they would be worse with Mitchell. We're not making that argument, just how much worse. Um, So that's kind of my thought process with it. I do agree with you, though, that with how this team is built, they would be better than a lot of people would give them credit for even without Mitchell um Sawyer has an off-topic question uh what's my favorite fast food place um I don't know I have I don't know that I, that <laughs> I feel like that's a tough one I, I always have like uh, s- cycling experiences with fast food um because because uh, sometimes, like, even, even like, a common place like McDonald's, sometimes to go to McDonald's, I'm just like, this is, like, a lot better than I thought it would be. And so then I go there again because I'm like, okay, like, McDonald's is good. And then I try it in another location, and it's, it's awful. So, um, I don't know. I I don't love fast food, honestly. If I were to pick one, though, um... I've I've started to like In and Out a little more, um, just because I I don't know, and that's another one that I'm like I don't know. The the my, the tough part with fast food for me is I know like the food's supposed to be consistent. That's the whole idea behind it. But I've I've never found a place like a fast food place that's like always consistent that I can trust that it's going to be the best quality. Even a place like In and Out that has fresh food, um. So I don't know. I don't know what's your favorite fast food place. That, that was the that was the longest non-answer I've probably ever given on an off-topic question. Um, but with that being said, I think now would be a good time to wrap up. If you have any like last-minute pressing questions, um, maybe pressing is the wrong word for it, but anything that uh, you want to talk about real quick before I end the stream, let me know. Um. But yeah, great, great win by the Jazz. It's nice to get another 20-plus point win. Um, I feel like that hasn't happened for a while. Um, especially, And I guess I'll pull up the Jazz schedule real quick. Uh, is that, I think it's the Nets on Wednesday, right? And then they play the Grizzlies twice. Is that how it goes? Yeah, so the Nets on Wednesday, then Grizzlies twice. Um, I'm excited for the Nets game, obviously. It'll be a good one. Um, my honest prediction, as much as I want the Jazz to win, and obviously they have the talent to, actually, I'd have to check for injuries. So don't hold me to this prediction, but I'm, I am I kind of have that feeling that the Nets are going to win. And it's going to be rough because it's going to feel like the slump is continuing. But I think that would... Like, even if the Jazz were hot, that might happen because the Nets are a good team. Um, Right now, Utah, according to, like, ESPN's matchup predictor, Utah's favored 60% to 40%, right around there. And injury report, Kyrie's out, James Harden's day-to-day, Landry Shamit's day-to-day. Um. So it could be a like a much different game depending on how that day to day goes with James Harden, and we've seen like players who were out come out or come back out of nowhere and start playing. 
I'm not sure the nature of Kyrie's injury. I haven't been following it that close. Um, but I'm excited for that one. Hopefully you guys like it. Um, Orbidex is... Uh, so, so last comment. Um, and then we can have the stream after the Nets game and, and keep this going in a couple of days. But Orbidex says, uh, Jazz need Mitchell. I'm just saying they're deep enough to handle most of the bumps. I agree 100%. Um, th- like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. They're built in, in a way to play as a good team that they, they'd still be a playoff quality team. And obviously, Mitchell's the kind of player who takes them to the next level. So I think we're on the same page there. Thanks for the comment. Um, I think I thought that was a really interesting, interesting conversation to have. Uh, but with that being said, everyone, thanks for joining me. I thought this was a fun stream. Great win. Um, have a good night and make sure to tune in after the Nets game because that's going to be a fun one. There will be lots of stuff to talk about, especially if the Nets are relatively healthy. So thanks again.